Welcome to part two in this conversation on how to win with, wait, what's my title? Yeah, how to take charge of your personal finances and win. If you haven't heard part one yet, then I strongly encourage you to listen to that first because it sets up part two quite nicely. But if you already have, then let's not waste any more time. Let's jump right into this episode. With these being, you know, your respective end goal and my respective end goal, right? Where does someone begin in today's context? And I can, again, um, speak from what we've just spoken and what we've done together, right? Over the past couple of months, just having interactions. I think number one is just being very, very honest. Uh, I, I, with you, I, I, and I know that's really hard. So I say this very carefully to find someone you trust whom you can actually have a candid conversation with about your money and say, I have exactly this amount in my bank account. What do I do? I have found that being able to tell somebody that is very helpful. Uh, not just anybody, but I mean, someone who's, who's going to be able to do something with that information. (laughs) Like in your case, you're like, okay, so you have like 1000 bucks in your bank account. Let's see what we can do with that. Uh, I I have found that being honest about where you are today is fine. And that honesty extends to not just being candid about your money uh, situation, but I think it also extends to being candid about what you want out of it. Uh, and right. allowing someone to speak to that if it's jaded, if it's skewed. I, I mean, I think we have a very unique relationship and, you know, if we can share a lot of stuff with each other that we don't with other people. So I think that's important to acknowledge because sometimes, and I do have people coming to me quite often and not everyone's going to just say, hey, this is how much I have in my account. Uh, more pe- most of the times, I mean, people come with saying, hey, this is how much I make. Uh, how, how can I basically... Uh, put that to the best use. I mean, and it could be someone who is interning. It could be, you know, and we have so many young guys in our church who are either just getting out of college or we have uh, people in their mid twenties getting into a better job than before and making more than they're used to. So I, I feel like the first question. Yeah, this is true. Are like, some of us at least. <laughs> I agree. Uh, the first step is to really just be responsible, take that accountability. And the second thing, it's part of that first step itself is to say, what is my current trend? What's my current activity around money today? So yeah, I'm using the word current activity. <laughs> I'm using current word activity. Now let me use the word that most people use to say, how do we track that? It's called a budget. Now people yeah. freak out when they hear the word budget, but budget is essentially just that. It tells you how your money is moving. Yeah, it, it's not a word that the government uses only. I mean, it's something that all of us should all be using. Yeah. But I, I feel like before we get to a budget, I think, the, like, like you said, I mean, taking stock, I think a lot of people, you have to realize where they come from because, and especially now, like you're talking about people making, there, there are people literally making millions off of crazy asset classes like cryptocurrency and, you know, doing so well. And even the stock market, you know, people are doing really well. And I think a lot of people, are taking stock because they're like, hey, look, I've been spending this money for whatever I feel like, but look, yeah. my friends, my colleagues or my family, they're somehow actually making more money by putting it in interesting places that they haven't known about so far. And I think that's good because even if uh, an asset class like crypto, which is super risky and pretty uh, close to gambling, brings you to a decision where you say, I need to manage my money better. I think that's good enough because that's the first step. And you, you're, you're saying, hey, essentially, I need to get my <laughs> stuff to, together. I need to manage my money I need, to, I need to manage my money better. Yeah, I mean, it's a casino, everybody. <laughs> 
sure even if that's the first thought process but if it eventually brings on brings you to the right decision of hey i need to put aside some money yeah. uh, for my own good i think that's just the best step that you can take that agreed completely agreed i think removing going past the word, the fancy words you used asset class and all that stuff like dodging that i think to the essence of what you're saying to be able to acknowledge that there are ways by which we can increase this money um that's yeah. fine and and i think it and why you would want to increase that money always ties back to what's that end goal for you uh but i think right. we can establish that there is no person in this world who says i think i'm happier with less uh right, right. i i've never met somebody who says i'm happier with less money i have met people who say i, mean, I don't i think much. there are people who say that but we <laughs> yeah. haven't met them <laughs> and that let me flip that that's exactly what i was going there are people who say i don't need this much i can do less right i don't need the bmw i can do the hyundai verna sec- second hand or whatever that car is right <laughs> that you picked up um, but then that, that's you that's you making that choice you could have very well gone for a new car but it's just hey no i'm fine with less in the, i don't need something like that and i think that in itself is a is a is a delta to go from i want i want this stuff i want the xbox i want 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 to no let's change that that why do you want what why do you want all this what is it doing for you right uh rephrasing that to whatever you and i articulated sounds noble enough at least for the sake of this conversation definitely sounds noble uh and yes. so let's say okay if i'm reframing that to oh i want my kids to have options i i don't want to be in a position later in life where someone comes to me saying i have a need and i can't give them uh that's mm-hmm. that's different then you're like okay i know what i'm earning today does won't i don't have enough to to go around but maybe there's a way i can build that and that's where we come to these things that we call assets as the name suggests let's just go by the english an asset is something that's working for you right and so what sid called asset classes are these different instruments buckets or buckets that we can put our money into where it would potentially grow that's what we mean by asset classes yes we we we've explained one word that's good uh so okay so we so we started with this end goal uh and we say we know what we want this end goal to be and most likely for whatever those reasons are in that end goal we want to increase our money and there are ways to do that now yeah. before we can even get there there is an honest assessment of where we are uh because we might yeah. need 10 crores for the end of our life 10 crore rupees which is uh, what's the dollar value against it 1.5 million dollars 1.5 million dollars uh, i need 1.5 million dollars for retirement um you know and maybe you're earning just like 10000 rupees today that's that's unrealistic right so we need to yeah. we need to look at this stuff practically uh so there so let's assume for a second that your income continues to grow because you're doing well in your job job the stuff that you earn uh it will continue to grow your income earning potential will continue to grow if we make that assumption in this conversation um then i would say the first place to look and again i'm basing this purely off what i have done and i know what sid has done for himself is we need to first understand what's going on today and the budget yeah. is where we begin uh the budget is such a simple exercise uh, i i think sid there's of course the four basics right there's food shelter clo- uh, not clothing what was was it utilities your food shelter utilities, utilities and there's a fourth one uh i mean i think you can go even simpler than that and just put it in two buckets which is like 
fixed expenses and variable expenses. I mean, fixed it's, is something that you would absolutely, absolutely need have to, to survive. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that's that actually be, that could be different for everyone because you know, like I said, I mean, in some cases you might be living with your parents, so rent isn't important, but food and utilities is. In some cases, like you know, where us, we are probably like I mean, right now, where you know, I'm paying rent and utilities and internet and all of these things. Uh, if you want to call uh, Netflix and Hotstar as your necessities, you know, because you can't survive without entertainment these days. So I think you could easily put that in. Okay, I'm, I'm joking. You can't survive without anything. Right. Yeah, as you can tell, he's he's still very early in his career. <laughs> so, right, but I think you know those fixed expenses are important because yes, I mean we can put them into food, we can put them into you know fuel or utilities or any kind amount of necessities that you know depend on where you live and how you live. But That's essentially, great. I think once. It's not even easy to get there, to be honest, because until you start this whole budgeting process, I mean, you're just spending money where you feel like depending on your requirement, whether it's a need or a want. Yeah. Like I need bread today, so I go out and pick up bread versus, you know, you've done, you, 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 you have data to look at or you have numbers to look at of the last three months and you say, oh, I, I buy bread four times mm -hmm. in the month. Uh, or, so, or something like that and that that allows you to then yes. set a benchmark for okay so that's how much bread i need in the house not how much bread i want now, if you were in sure, germany man. it could be a conversation about how much bread you want because they've got bloody everything from strudels to whatnot but uh, exactly but like how much i mean yeah i think Right. And I think it's important because like you said, it takes a while to get there. I mean, you could start budgeting or, you know, putting down what you spend on a sheet, piece of paper, on an app, whatever it is that's comfortable. Uh, you could put it on, but it would take you anywhere between three to six months to come to a, a point in your life where you're like, oh man, I've been spending a lot more on this category. Wait, 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 wait. You know? so, you're saying, so you're saying you need three to six months worth of data just to evaluate your life? Yes, because I would say money? that not evaluate your life. I mean, I would say evaluate your decisions around money. Because the thing is, once you have reached uh, three to six months, because that that's a pattern, I would say, because it allows room for these one-off expenses that do turn up every now and then could include a flight you take or maybe like a car insurance premium that you pay or like a life insurance premium that you pay, which are all absolutely necessities and fixed expenses, but they don't come often. They don't come regularly as like rent or your utilities. So yeah. you do have to put them in buckets and eventually you'll realize that some buckets are overflowing and yeah. you need to like put them so back in place. So here's, 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 a, here's a, a, something that actually comes up when you're talking about this whole concept of budgeting. Uh, if you're a salaried employee, it's a lot easier because money is coming in frequently at such and such date. You're able to track this money going out and coming in. I mean, there's a cycle to it. Versus if you're a non-salaried employee, if you live like the way I did for a good 10 years, which was, you know, you got your gigs, you got paid and those came in in, in, in irregular frequencies, right? And some gigs had more money and some gigs had less money. Do you right. think it's still possible to establish some kind of method to that madness? And if there is, like, what is that? I think that... I, I mean, it, it essentially comes down to what you want to do with it. I mean, see, it took you a while to reach a point where you're like, okay, you know what? I want to do better with money because regardless how how much you make in these freelance or one-off gigs or, you know, money that isn't 
a, a regular stream. I mean, you can always decide to say that, hey, I still want to put it down and say this is how much I spent because it comes back to how you were brought up. And, you know, if you've always been used to uh, a discipline around money or at least, you know, uh, be more cautious around it, just in the sense that, okay, you're putting it in the right places or at least you have an idea of where your money is going. See, it's great. And, and sometimes, you know, people who don't get is regular it? streams of income get huge chunks in one go. And that probably uh, sustains them for maybe even six months. I think, yes, it's a much bigger challenge for them to do it. But I feel like, I mean, they have they still have six months of money where they can jot down every single thing that they've spent it towards. So I think for then the advice would be if you are non-salaried like I was for the longest time. Now I'm both salaried and non-salaried. Uh, but if you are predominantly non-salaried, then I think it would be really great to look at your expenses. Don't focus on how frequently the income is coming in. Uh, obviously, right. the more frequently it comes in, the better. And in bigger checks, the better. But uh, you can actually still distinguish and determine a pattern of how the money is going out. And I think that's what's important. And that's probably where this conversation is centered around. How is the money going right. out? Because we've already made the assumption exactly. that your, your money is going exactly. out. Okay, that's a good place to begin. And no, I think and that's a great thing. point because I would say that uh, focusing on where it's going is more important because, uh, and I think I forgot to bring this point up earlier, is that, you know, regardless of how much money you're making, like I know every single year you could potentially make more depending on increments or maybe even job changes. But if you keep your standard of living the same, and I don't think it's important to change that based on your income. I mean, your expenses are going to surely change, you know, because of obviously rising uh, expenses. I mean, everything changes. But if you're earning, let's say, uh, let's say you're earning about 25,000 a month. And if that becomes 40 in the next year and that 40 becomes 60, I mean, sure, you can increase your expenses towards a certain extent because in general, all expenses are going to go up on a annual basis. But I don't think you have to, uh, in sync with your income, increase your expenses just because you're spending every single rupee. I think that's important because when you're focusing on your outward uh, expenses, I mean, whatever is going out of your thing, I mean, that's the more important uh, aspect of budgeting rather than what's coming in. Unless, unless the only exception to that would be unless your picture of success is I want to scale. I want to scale. Right. And some people have that. Like, like I said, the big, the big, yeah. uh, oh, wait, no, that was not in this introduction. That was in the first take that we've deleted now <laughs> where, you know, I listen to a lot of hip hop music and like every third song is about money is the motivation. Money is the conversation. Yeah. Money, the shit, money, sexy. I want to sex money. There's whatever, like half the lyrics are just that. And like, I'm, but that's, and I love the music, obviously. I'm, that's motivating yeah. me to get five more reps in somehow. <laughs> but when I actually sit and think about it at a philosophical level, I'm like, nah. I like that's that's just not that's just not me. But exactly. someone else. Now, would I judge someone else who wants that type of life? No, I wouldn't, but I think I wouldn't know if that's necessarily the healthiest way to look at money. I I that I can confidently say. Uh, or if that's the healthiest picture to have, which is I am going to scale my life up uh, to a degree where I can live it up. I mean, I don't, I'm not judging even if you do say that. Exactly. I mean, the thing is, we shouldn't be judging them because I, uh, I would say that, I mean, a lot of these people come from live the way that you're saying. 
come from hard service yes, I, mean, I mean exactly for us. and it's not even about being hard sorry i mean i would say it's not even about coming from the most dire circumstances it's just that they've never been told that there's something better there i mean one is that your parents never yeah. told you our schools yeah. don't teach us about it i mean so Tell me you about have it. to some somehow reach a stage where hey you either found out through a friend or you found out through a maybe tv advertisement or something yeah. of that sort so i mean the way it is set up here is that this is not something that's basic knowledge it should be this is something that everyone should know growing up but it isn't uh, and because of that some people just out of the fact that they don't know there's something better out there continue to live the life that they're living and yes you're right there's no point in judging them because it's not just ignorance it's some it's just like they have no clue about it which 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 is fair um so cool okay so so we so we're saying you need to have data to be able to evaluate how your money is going out it's more important to know how your money is going out than it is coming in right unless you're a drug dealer then you might want to know where your money is coming in from uh but after that you know you you need to know where your money is going out and then once you have that idea so Sid recommends three to six months. Let's go with the certified financial planner's advice here. If you're a miser like me, you probably need only three. Uh, but if you are someone who's got an irregular habit, I mean, you've got a habit of spending irregularly. Let me put it like that. Then maybe six months actually works better for you. But once you have that in mind, then you can start to make this plan around. Okay, now what number do I need to live a comfortable life? and you have a definition of comfort for some people comfort is i will live in a hut that's completely fine uh some people uh you know comfort may be i need to have at least two vacations a year i can live without the, the vacations it doesn't affect me but different people have a different measure of what a comfortable life is like. yeah i think yeah. if you can and again it's like sid said it also depends on your circumstance you may be in a position where you can't afford some aspects of the comfortable life that's okay i think to acknowledge that yeah. it's okay i can eventually work up to that if that's a desire you have i don't think it's wrong based off the heels of what we just said i don't think it's wrong to have those desires uh but mm-hmm. i i think at the same time you got to know very realistically what's possible for you in your situation so taking a mm-hmm. look at that you determine what that benchmark is now once you have that benchmark of uh what a comfortable life looks like um and in the way i define comfortable is the kids have what they need we have food and the food is home cooked not ordered in that is not considered part of uh, our definition of comfortable life i mean we're trying to be as uh, cautious with our money as we can because we know we're not earning in pocket loads um we define comfort as um you know home cooked meals uh being able I mean, to, to be bills. honest some people the fact that they can order in regularly is also a comfort a comfortable yeah, life but, i mean but again i I'm, i'm talking about the conservative side of that definition right i think right. Um, yeah. I, because i don't think anyone has a problem establishing the the extreme of what comfortable looks like right, right. Uh, i'm trying to establish what at a base mark you know be, at a base level what a benchmark would look like right. for comfort so this is how i would define it. i especially around this eating out because eating out was a big deal for us we spent a lot of our yeah. money in our initial years when we didn't know how to manage it i think swiggy made a killing off us uh you know in those initial years of our marriage uh, now obviously we cook a lot more at home so that's where we're careful we gave up netflix uh contrary to what you did i mean 
and and here's what we did <laughs> i'll i'll be honest this is a bit of a cheap move i gave up netflix but i'm using my best friends netflix <laughs> It's a cheap move. I mean, it's a very strategic move because you are using the same services but not spending your own not money. Not spending the money, sir. Again, and you're not doing it defense. without the, letting your friend know. So you know. In my in my defense, the thing is, we gave up Netflix when the intention of never watching it again, and then Netflix released a lot of these really good uh, specials, and I'm just like, man, I just want to watch that one special. Actually, hey. But can you give me your Netflix password? Okay, it stayed. Now I'm on Suits the entire season. Uh, I'm going through season right. seasons of Suits, and that's when this thought cropped back up: Should I pay for Netflix again? I'm technically now using the guy's Netflix so much more frequently. You know, but that that brings up an interesting thought, and I probably digressing. But you know, <laughs> just thinking about uh, that's fine. We've only taken forty-five minutes just to talk about budgeting. But <laughs> <laughs> so I was just thinking oh, about right. how we grew up, like. Um, I mean, you, you, you. Obviously, in especially in India, I would say. I mean, let's say ten or fifteen years back. I mean, uh, we didn't have streaming services at that point. So, if you had to watch a movie, you either watch it in the cinema, or you pay a butt load of money to. Can you hear the baby? <laughs> yeah. But do you need to go? No, 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 no. Don't worry, baby. We're keeping Netflix. Don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you would need a buttload of money to actually buy a DVD or you know even rent it, and or, or on the other Having side where cable was a big deal. Having cable was a big exactly. Deal. And what I'm getting at is like, and from for me who who have grown up gaming, I mean, you know, I didn't have access to buying the actual game because we used to just download it illegally off torrents. And but I have come to a place where you know Here, I did that growing up. Please note the face and the name, Siddharth Menon. Lives in Bangalore, uh, India. You, you can't track it back to me because it is like a decade ago. But I've come to a place where I actually purchase games now, yeah. or I pay for streaming services, or you have yeah. the option of buying movies every now and then, which I feel like I'm at least, uh, you know, not doing what I was doing before. You're not a pirate anymore. I think, you're a change man. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, in a way, it feels good that okay, you're supporting something that you enjoy, and yeah. at the same time, you don't have to rely on. Uh, Obviously, illegal piracy, and you know, to yeah. just enjoy the stuff that you do because it wasn't that easy. One was just the accessibility of it that wasn't so easily accessible here. But the second thing is, you know, that now that the option is available, and you know, even buying games online is so simple these days. You can just buy it with your own money and download it without having to worry about the CD key not working later. I, I'm I'm waiting for the day when blockchain comes into play and no one's able to do any sort of piracy anymore. <laughs> And then you will find one guy who's cracked it. <laughs> I mean, there'll always be people who'll find a way. <laughs> oh my, that's that's gonna be trippy. But I mean, I completely, I completely get what what you're saying. I think we each have a different definition of of comfort, and I think we need to really clearly define it uh, within reasonable measure. Is where I'm basically getting at. Yeah. Thanks very much for taking the time to listen to part two of this episode. You know, Sid and I took a lot of effort to have this conversation at length because we figured this is the meat of the hour. So, if you have any further questions, do feel free to hit me up on social media at Abel Matthews Entertainment. That's A B E L M A T H E W S. 
I, I think I paused to make sure I was spelling my own name correctly over there. But it's Abel Matthews Entertainment on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. On Twitter, you can catch me at Abel Matthews E N T M Entertainment. Was taken there, unfortunately. Uh, but the point is, do feel free to shoot your questions my way. Any comments you have, and if this episode's helping you, then share it. It would really, really mean a lot to me if you reshare the episode, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever it is. podcast sorry podcast uh, or wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast yep stick around episode part 3 sorry of this same episode is coming your way soon